Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome everybody to season eight of Goodwill Talk. This is Pastor Marcus. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jessica Kildov. Jess. I'm here. It's season eight. Woo-hoo! Feels like season seven just ended. It, but it here did. we go. <laughs> Indeed it did. <laughs> Indeed it did. Uh, man, I am... Listen, I hope... this a long time now. I really hope people enjoyed Mom Soup. I hope so too. That, you know, it's... It, I, it's I had a week off. <laughs> I, I didn't did show up on the show because I'm not a mom. I, no, I had to do your job. Yeah stressful is it tired oh you're fine it was you know what mom soup fun episode i hope people enjoyed it and uh (laughs) it was kind of you know we did the blue collar hour we were like we got to do something for the moms too although there's a lot of blue collar moms out there so that that was a little bit like why has this got to be a guy thing but i guess it's a guy thing that's how people are thinking yeah and so we did something for the moms and uh i think the blue collar hour and mom soup will make a comeback i think we'll see them both back yeah i hope so yeah i hope so they add a little a little, a little change, yeah. A little something. And you had, uh, it was uh, Kristen and Nikki. Yes. Yeah. And Kristen Fozzi. So um, I have a <laughs> She's spent, so perky. <laughs> she is so lovely. Oh my goodness. It's, um, so she also did the music for VBS. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, lots of energy there. Yeah. Lots of very energetic person. Perfect example of God giving you Exactly what you need. And this is, you know, like I would, we would be terrible at being the music leaders for VBS. Oh, are you kidding me? It would be the worst. I'd be like, all right, kids, open up your hymnals. We are going to sing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I am not the guy. We don't have that spunk. Uh Uh-uh. But Kristen Fazio is full of it. Oh my goodness. I was just, she killed it. It was wonderful. And uh, the podcast was a lot of fun. Thank you to Kristen and Nikki for being a part of this. You know, we've gotten to know Nikki and Matt. A little bit and uh, just incredible people. We've got, there's a, they're like so authentic. (laughs) They really are. There is not even a little bit of pretend. (laughs) No, they're just like, this is who we are and and who they are is awesome. Yeah. Really cool people. So glad you got to meet them last week. We are jumping into season eight and we're going to do something a little different. We've never done a season like this before. No, I'm feeling unprepared for it so far, but I'm hoping I'll get caught <laughs> off gonna, because I didn't gonna... have a lot of notice. And it, you know, my notice came during VBS. So yeah, well, you <laughs> not know, a lot of time for preparation. It's, it's August 30th today. You're not prepared yet. I'm on, Jess. It's okay. I get it. No, it's fine. Um, listen. <laughs> Here's no the, schools. No, no, no. August is not a time to prepare for anything. It's not. And, and the, the challenge here is also, um, we had our seasons laid out and how we were going to do things. Yeah. And then we got to season eight and I realized, wait, we, we stopped laying the season out after season seven. Right. So we, we thought we had made like, we have plans for so long. Like we're fine. We, we, we don't have right. to think about this for a long time. That nope. long time went quickly. Yep. Then I look at the Google doc and I go, wait a second. <laughs> We don't have a season eight planned. Um, and so we got to But I'm excited about work. this. When I saw you, uh, you know, starting to kind of yeah. form out the the season, I was like, yes, this is, is going to be a good, di- like, deep dig. Yeah, it, it a little bit is. It's, it's going to be for those of you who want to just dive into scripture with us. That's what we're going to do for the next 10 weeks is we're going to look basically at um, maybe one of the most famous passages in scripture, especially among Christians. Um, and non-Christians who like to throw this verse at us when we are failing to live by them. Yeah. Um, and so 
we are going to spend 10 weeks looking at the two great commandments. Um, this, this actually does kind of flow out of where we've been in our church preaching schedule. So um, we did, as John was going on sabbatical, we did a series on the Ten Commandments. And then while John was on sabbatical, we did a series through the, the spiritual disciplines as we see them lived out in the life of Jesus. Um, right now, we are just ending kind of a, a month of branch-specific sermons so this won't flow naturally out of your branches sermon series, but it will flow out of those other two series that we just did. How do we live the Christian life? That's really what those both of those series were getting at. Right. What does it look like to live the Christian life? How do we do this well? And um, it leads us to Matthew 22 verses. Uh, I'll read 34 to 39, you, or 39 uh, to, to 40, sorry, 34 to 40, because you don't have your Bible open in front of you. So I'll go ahead and do the reading, Jess. I have an app. Oh, you have an app. <laughs> she says with attitude and eyes pointed to the ceiling. Wow. <laughs> all right. When my daughter turns into a teenager, she goes to your house. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's fine. I got it. All right. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus is basically saying here, everything in the whole of the Christian life is built right it's condensed into this these two things love the lord your god love your neighbor and we're going to spend a whole season unpacking it breaking down these verses to unpack it yeah we're looking basically phrase by phrase which is why today's episode is called you shall love because that's the first thing out of jesus's mouth you shall love yeah this is what it, this is how it all starts and so um just when we when we talk about these commandments when we when we talk about loving people what are some of the things that are just kind of out there that Christians say, oh, I need to love? What, what do they mean when they say this? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think that we do, do it well. Okay. And I, I think that sometimes it's, um, I need to do something that looks loving and not actually have like a heart of loving. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I, I, and I, that's me being critical maybe. And I certainly fall, fall in that. Mm. I am not, uh, you know, I think that love, love, God's love does not flow naturally from any of us. <laughs> True. You know what this I mean? I, I think that our, our, just our sinful nature is to, it just doesn't, it's, that's not, it's any love that comes from us is from God. Mm. It is definitely not anything that we're, you know, building up or, you know, that we're doing on our own. Um, but I think that that Christians a lot, it's, you know, well, like this looks, this looks loving okay. or this is like, you know, this would be received as love. Yeah. But maybe don't always have the heart yeah. of, of love behind it. It's, it's the replacing loving somebody with doing nice things for them. Yes. Maybe that's, yeah. 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 And I think, I think that is one way we do it. We, we say, well, if I do a loving thing, therefore I am loving. Right. Like, look, I love them. I did right. this. I did this for them. Aren't they lucky? And that, that can become part of the, the, the heart in that it's, right. it's not about loving neighbor. It's about pride or it's about, look what I can do. Right. Well, and the same with loving God, mm -hmm. you know, look at all the things I did for God. Right. He doesn't need you. Yeah. I mean, don't, 
do the things for God. God will 100% use you. Yeah. But, you know. I think there's a parallel ditch. Don't do it for your own glory. I think the parallel ditch is um, so privatizing love that it's about how I feel inside. It's not about what I do. Therefore, what I do doesn't matter at all. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So here's the other ditch is, well, it doesn't matter if I go to worship. It doesn't matter if I serve in the church. It doesn't matter if I'm a member. Right. God knows I love him. God knows I love him and he loves me and it's all okay that way. Well, okay. If, if I were to, if I were to treat this is the typical pastor answer to this, right? If I were to treat my wife that way, Mm -hmm. I would end up divorced. You know, I don't have to do anything for her. I don't have to care for her. She, she knows, knows I love she her. Knows I, lo- I told her. Yeah, I told her once. 12 years ago. At the <laughs> altar. I don't need to repeat myself. And and so it's just this, this idea that we don't need to do anything because as long as I love. Or I don't have to actually try and meet the needs of my neighbors. I don't need to actually try and um, spend time with them when they're hurting. I just need to love. I love. They know I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. And so we can, we can either put all of our love in the doing basket or all of our love in the feeling basket. And I think what Jesus is getting at here is something much deeper than that. Yeah. It is a reflection of the love of God back to him and back to others. It's, it's you shall love is the basis of Christianity. We are a love religion. It is... I think in this way unique. Yeah. I don't know of another religion that is based on a love principle like this. I mean, if you think of our, and I'll, I will, I'll name check them. I'm not trying to be offensive as I do this. Um, so please don't take this the wrong way. But if you think of our Muslim neighbors, it's not about love of Allah. It's about obedience right. to Allah. And Allah is not a God of love. He's a God of order. Right. And therefore you must do what you do according to his commands. And that is how you work your way into heaven. Or if you think of our, our Buddhist and Hindu neighbors and a lot of the Eastern religions, it's about, it's not about love and experiencing love and, and showing love. It's about finding this place of stillness where you no longer are affected by your emotions and you reach a higher stage of enlightenment And then you get eventually, after many, many lifetimes, absorbed into the one because you no longer need to feel anything. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you anymore. It's the radical opposite of Christianity in that respect. Um, And so I think this is unique to Christianity. It is the centerpiece of who we are. It is about love. And it's a love that's demonstrated first from God to us, right? So if you go to 1 John... We love him because he first loved us. Right. I learned this in Awana when I was going through Awana. <laughs> this is one of the Bible verses we memorized, and we memorized it in the King James Version. And um, of course, you did. You shall love. Uh, or you, you, we, we. I think it is even in the King James. We love him because he first loved us. Yeah. Even the King James was like, you know, we're gonna keep this one simple. <laughs> keep this one really simple. We love him because he first loved us. So let's yeah. go to the because he first loved us party here, Grace. Or Grace. Why did I just call you my daughter's name? Yeah, that was weird. Anyway, my best 12 year old self or 10 year old self (laughs) right now. Yeah, If she hears that you called her 12, she's going to be the best day of her life. Um, All right, Jess. (laughs) They're all very tweeny right now. Um, God loving us first. Let us have it. What does that mean? What does that look like? God loving us? Yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact that I think we exist. Okay. Is, you know, 
a reflection of, of his love that he made us in his image. Mm. And, you know, like out of all of his creation gave us that value. Um, I think that that is, you know, well, let's unique let's, you to humanity. Let's sit in that for a second. Cause I think okay. that's, that's really a, an important, I think when we talk about the love of God to us, we immediately go to the cross. We're going to get there in a second. Cause it is, it is an yeah. explicit picture of his love to us. But, you know, so we are, um, some of you may not know this, we are Presbyterian, uh, <laughs> which means that we have these um, things called the Westminster Confession, Westminster Larger Catechism, Westminster Shorter Catechism, right? And um, I'll just go to the Larger Catechism because I think it's uh, it's helpful in, its, in how concise it can be. Yeah. I mean, the shorter is even more concise, clearly, because it's shorter than the larger. <laughs> but um, here's what it says. This is question 17. Catechisms are designed to be brief. They're designed to be question and answer. You're not supposed to go into a lot of detail. It defeats the purpose of a catechism. Um, they're actually supposed to be memorized. Right. Um, it's supposed so. to be like, like so almost like an elevator pitch it could be. Yeah. I mean, the shorter was written for children. And when we read it today, we go, what kind of children were living back then? <laughs> um, but here's, here's how did God create human beings? After he had made all other creatures... God created humans, male and female. So there's something special about the creation of humanity here where it's it's not like all the rest of creation. There's a specialness. Right, it's set apart. Yeah. He formed the body of man from the dust of the ground, the woman from the rib of the man. He endowed them with living, reasoning, and, immor and immortal souls made in his own image with knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. God wrote his law on their hearts. We're going to get to law here in a second. God wrote his law on their hearts and gave them the ability to obey it along with dominion over the other creatures. They had, they also had the potential to fall and that gets us into the sin of Adam and Eve. But, but think about the way he's created us. We're made, we're made body and soul. Yeah. Right. We are, we're made with a living soul, with a reasoning soul, the, an immortal soul so that no matter what happens, we live forever. Now live forever in eternal life with Christ. Right live forever in eternal death right. apart from Christ that is dependent on grace and our salvation, of course, but to be made this way, to be made in his image, totally different. Like how loving is that? Right. That, I mean, this is, this is what it is to be made in his image, uh, according to the Westminster larger with knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Those things are ours to have, especially before the fall. Right. When he initially we created had us, we had those things. Right. We gave them up for Self-worship, which is insane, but this is the insanity of sin. This is what we did. But when we think of how he created us, and then God wrote his law on their hearts. Well, what's the law? It's summed up, according to Jesus, in this love. Right. He wrote love on our hearts. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty astounding. Um, yeah. And so I think you're right. We, when we think about God loving us first, we go to creation. Then we have the fall. Right. We have to be. We have to be here first. Yes. For us to experience all the other yes. ways and that He loves us. And then just the, the fact that we exist. Right. Is the first. So we we go through the story of the Bible. Right. We're created. Then we rebel against our Creator, um, which is just. I don't have a category for it. It still frustrates me. Um, <laughs> we rebel against our Creator. What do you mean? It it frustrates me because here's why it frustrates me so much. Not that they did it, that I keep doing it. Right. That like <laughs> every I, day I do this. I, it makes I wouldn't no have sense. done it any better. No. Like, yeah. 
how in the world have we received this kind of love? And I get up every day and go, me. Thanks, but. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah. My wickedness astounds me. Um, So. Yeah. You're not alone in that. This is. So it's just the frustration of being the Christian is is realizing just how wicked I really am. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. Like how, how, how far we fall short of being able to like even kind of keep the law. Uh, It's absurd. And um, so he loves us. And then we become these sinful things. These, the, the image of God, not obliterated, but certainly tainted right. by sin. I mean, we, we experience our own sinfulness. We experience the sinfulness of others. We sin against each other constantly. We're always turning our backs on the Lord. And then for some reason, because God is love, he sends his son to save us. Like, I, I, again, categories are gone. Yeah. This level of love that he would look at us in all of our wickedness and all of our sin. And at the moment Adam sins, say, I'll fix it. All right. I got, I got plan. this. Yeah. Um, there is a, we, we've been working through, um, it, it, a small group of us have been working in first Corinthians 15, um, just studying some of the verses towards the back of the chapter, which are super confusing and super difficult. But one of the things that you, as you're working through it, you realize is that there was always a plan to go from the original creation to glory. There was always going to be a movement to glory. Mm -hmm. And sin gets injected into this. And everything that the devil, everything that sin, everything that we can throw at God's plan of moving from the original creation order to glory, none of it stops the move. All that happens is it gets even more glorious because redemption gets put into this. And so it's an even more beautiful picture. It's astounding. God's love. All of this is God's love on display. Yeah. And it's on display the most through what I just called redemption. So walk me through that, Jess. What is redemption? redemption? Walk me through. Walk our people through redemption. They know that this is the gospel story. Yeah. Well, you know, that we obviously fall short of, of God's perfect righteousness and that he sent Jesus to be the propitiation. Did I say oh, it right? Oh, wow. It was in the it was in the sermon a few few weeks ago. It was in the ser- Oh yeah, you guys went through uh 1st John. All right. Pro- propitiation. Propitiation. Well done, Jess. Thank That's you. good. I don't use that word. Matt, so. Matt leaned over during the sermon. He was like, "I know that one." Yes. <laughs> I was like, "Well done." I'm there so- you go, Matt. So the they're the substitution, the payment for our sin. Who was Jesus? Didn't Jesus I? Christ. I thought I said that. Sorry. It's okay. No, I I'm got sidetracked. It's all right. I mean, this is the. So yeah, we were. You know, our sin separates us from God. We cannot. We cannot be perfect. Mm. And so Jesus is perfect for us. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And then he dies for our sins. Like this is the reason I want to sit here for a second is we talk about this almost as just matter of fact. Yeah, we know this. Let's move on to the deeper stuff. Yeah. And I was like, what? There's deeper nothing stuff? deeper. There's nothing. No. Like, take for a sec, just take a look at your life and how sinful you are, and then realize Jesus took all of that on himself for you. Yeah. Like, the one of the things that has, uh, I learned this a while ago and it's always stuck with me. We, I think, I think I considered this when the Passion of the Christ came out. So, way back 2003, like I was still in, I was still in high school when this movie came out. Um, don't make fun of me. 
Don't no. make fun of me. I was not making fun Jeff, of Jeff, I don't think Jeff was all. allowed in the theater when it came out. He was too young to be able to go to theaters. <laughs> we had to rent it. Yeah, to rent it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a big deal when that came out. Yeah, we it was massive when it came out. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we went to the theater like idiots um, and publicly cried for two hours. Um, but so the Passion of the Christ comes out. It's all about his physical suffering, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I realized not long after that, that the physical suffering of Christ is just a... It is a physical manifestation of a much deeper spiritual suffering that Christ experiences. Right. Because he takes on all of the sins of his people. He then has to withstand the wrath of God himself poured out on him on the cross, which is why he descends to hell, to feel the fullness of God's wrath. And I don't have to experience any of this. Like I have to experience physical death, but I don't have to experience the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Jesus did that for me. I don't have to pay for my sins. All of this is he sacrifices himself for us. Is and then and then every day we wake up and mess up. Yeah, every day. I just add to the sin. Yeah. Oh man, it, it's it's astounding the love, the love that says I know. Yes, you added to the sin, but I'm still going to love you because I already forgave you for that. It's already taken care of. Just come to me, ask forgiveness, confess your sins, and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Right. That, that doesn't stop being true no matter what sin I've committed. I can bring it to the Lord and he says, yes, you have grace for that. Not because of you, but because of what Jesus did. Yeah. Whew. You know what I think of too is in that sequence of before he's, you know, suffering and he says, God, can can this cup pass me? You know, in his, yeah. his inhumanness. Mm-hmm. He's like, is there any other way? Yeah. You know, that's interesting to think about because you think of God as a perfect God, which he is, but he's like, can we well, maybe I mean, do it a little different? Think and about God, this. God's like, no, this is the way. And not only that, Jesus isn't surprised by the cross. That question shows that to us. Right. He 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 doesn't go to the cross going, this feels like more than I bargained for. Here. Right. No. Wait, this was the plan? This was it. <laughs> he knows it's the plan because not only has he been warning his disciples. Right. Time like, this, time is again, this is going to happen. But in the garden, he says that. I know what I'm about to walk into, and I really don't want to. This human desire for self-preservation, I know the agony I'm about to do. However, if this is the only way, this is the only way. That he willingly did this. You know, there are those theologies out there that say Jesus is nothing but a victim of the Roman system or nothing but a victim of religious persecution. I lay my own life down and no one takes it from me, Jesus says in John. Right? He willingly went through what he went through, knowing what was going to come. That's astounding. You know, that's why Paul says that he was obedient even to the point of death on the cross. It's every moment he stayed on that cross, he was being obedient to the Father. Nothing else keeps him there. Mm -hmm. Legions of angels could have just shown up and taken care of it right then. Obedience and love for his Father and love for us keeps him on that cross. It's just, it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And then there's the resurrection that he would not only raise being justified as the son of God, as a, as a declaration that he is the son of God, what he's been saying this whole time, but he then gives us resurrection life. Like not only are we forgiven our sins, we're given Christ's own righteousness that we might be resurrected in the final day, that we can spend eternity with him. The ascension showing that death has no longer any claim on Christ whatsoever. 
that he would send his spirit at Pentecost to indwell us and help us in this life, to unite us to Christ and show us the, the paths of righteousness for the glory of the Lord. And then the return of Christ, well, he will set everything right and every injustice will be gone, every sin will be gone, everything paid for, everything done, an eternity in new heavens and new earth. All of this because of love. Yeah. And so it makes complete sense to me that you boil the law down to you shall love. And it is the law. And that's what takes us to a different catechism that is not a part of our tradition, not technically. Right. Um, it's associated. It's associated. So our, um, I mean, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, but our like theological cousins, I guess you would say, or, you know. Are you talking about Reformed Baptists? No, not Reformed Baptists. They don't have this confession. Who is? I don't These, even know who's the, I don't even know who's so it is. So this catechism belongs to the Dutch Reformed Church. So Maybe the, that's why I like it so much because I'm Dutch. Are you really? I, really I didn't am. know that. All right. So the RCA, the CRC, um, C, uh, there are all kinds of Dutch Reformed churches. Just like there yeah. are lots of different Presbyterian churches. Right. There's lots of different Reformed churches out there as well. Um, this is part of the three forms of unity that is used as the confessional documents of the Reformed churches. Um, and it's called the Heidelberg Catechism. Yeah. It's um, it's a German document, actually. I think Heidelberg is in Germany, isn't it? Austria? I... I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Heidelberg. I am. Um, I'm going to Google this right now. Where? That's fine. I know a while ago Heidelberg. I was looking into uh, catechisms and like to read through and kind of study through. Yeah. And it is Germany. And I, I, I think was talking to Tim, Pastor Tim, and I had asked him and he was said that the Heidelberg catechism is very pastoral. Mm. And he's and then as I kind of you know looked into it a little bit and I I got a Heidelberg Catechism that I was reading through yeah and I was like I understand what he means because it is very, um, very like the uh, a concise question but then the answer is like what your pastor would tell you yeah in a lot of ways and it it's is. it's like it's not heady's not the right word because it it is very it is deep but it's just I don't know. It's like kind. And I like that it's the Heidelberg is broken up into it's it broken up into Lord's days. Yes. Right? Isn't it yeah. like you can preach through it in a year? And yeah. there's right, isn't there fifty two so Lord's lot, Days or something? There's fifty two Lord's Days. Um and it's you There's like you a few can, questions in each one. It is designed that every year you go through the entire catechism. Now, I don't know that it's preached through by most in the RC, in, in the RCA or CRC or any uh, of the Reformed churches, right? But it is spoken. So in a lot of their liturgies, there's the what's the reading from the Catechism for okay. this Lord's Day, and they'll do the whole Lord's Day. So gotcha. And they're um, not. I mean, they're they are short. Like you could easily put this into like a family worship. You know, like on Sunday absolutely. evenings, if your family wanted to, you know, work through the Heidelberg Catechism, it's very approachable. And this was also written for children. Yes. So, you know, it's it's not it's wonderful. It's not over people's heads. I mean, so we're we're gonna be turning to um Lord's Day two. Yeah. Which is um three questions long. And here's just the example of um this is the third question. How do you come to know your misery? The answer, the law of God tells me. Yeah. It's that that's question three. Five year olds can learn this. Yeah. Like so I love your idea. If if people are saying, Hey, I want to do a little bit more with my family and and uh, looking for a resource, the Heidelberg Catechism is a wonderful resource to do. I mean, um, the New City Catechism, which we've introduced to a lot of our families, mm -hmm. um, borrows liberally 
from, from this. the Heidelberg Catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and a couple others that are out there. Um, all Reformed catechisms kind of boiled down into the New City Catechism. Right. But here's here's where this comes up for us in our conversation today. It's Q&A 4. So um, start with three and just kind of walk us through Lord's Day 2, Jess, because you've got it up on your computer, I think. Yeah. Well, you just did three. All right. right. From where do you know your sin and misery? So the Heidelberg is broken up into three sections. There, um, the first is guilt, then grace, and then gratitude. So those are not yeah. covered in every days, but throughout the year, right. you'll basically like you go through. You, you learn about how terrible you are. You learn about God's grace, and then your gratitude. Amen. And like how you show your gratitude. That's the gospel. Right. You don't know you need to be saved if you don't know you're a sinner. Right. Right. So it's it's a beautiful way of teaching your kids the gospel every right. year. So yeah, where do you know your, your sin and misery from the law of God? Question four is, what does God's law require of us? And the answer is, Christ teaches us that in a summary in Matthew 22, that love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then question five, uh, which is the last question for this day is, can you keep all of this perfectly? And the answer is no. I'm inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbor. Yeah. Word. Yeah. I am inclined naturally. I have a natural tendency to hate God and my neighbor. And, and this is what's interesting. You know, a lot of people talk about all the laws that were flying around at the time of Jesus. He boils them all down to two. And then we go, oh, cool. Only two laws. I can do those. I, I can do Cer two things. Certainly. That's not that hard. Two things? <laughs> I can do two things. Two hardest things you'll ever try to do. So so the Heidelberg doesn't even say, here's the whole of the law. Can you live? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to give you what Jesus says. Here's the two things. Oh, well, can you live up to this perfectly? No. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> One word. Nope. No period. Not even, not even those. <laughs> no. I have a natural tendency to hate God and my neighbor. And, and this is the... This is what should should stun us about what Jesus commands here to us. He commands the impossible. Right. What What is the great commandment you shall love? Oh, I can love. I can do that. No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. You cannot love no, God. You don't even want to. No. Like any any desire and any any fruitfulness that you have is what God has given to you. It is. It is impossible. And so the great commandments, the 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 commandment to love should automatically take us to the realization that I can't do this. I I can't, I, this is it. This is what Jesus tells me. This is what he tells the Pharisees and the lawyers. You, you have to, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And we're going to break this down. We're going to ask the question, who is God? What does it mean to love him with our heart? What does it mean to love him with our soul? What does it mean to love him with our mind? All of those are going to be different, mm -hmm. um, different episodes. But my goodness, Right away, as we do this, um, we're going to be talking about how do we do this? What are some disciplines? What are some tools? We're going to get into all of that. But we have to start the conversation with the realization that we can't do this perfectly. Right. That every day we wake up and rely on grace. Every day we, we wake up with a spirit of gratitude saying, Lord, I woke up today and I didn't, I, I didn't deserve to. Right. The wages of sin are death. And yet you sustain my life. You allow me to keep living. Not only that, you give me eternal life because of what Christ has done for me. Every day we ought to wake up in awe of what God has done. And we don't do that. 
No. I don't wake up in awe every morning. I wake up searching for the coffee machine button. Right. That's what I wake up looking for in yeah. the morning. I don't wake up in awe that I'm alive. I wake up going, oh. Yeah. You know, I like, I don't, I don't do this. And God still loves me. And God still sustains me. And God still gives me the grace to, to recognize my sin and come to him and ask forgiveness and be made whole. Yeah. Uh, there's, there is really nothing, nothing like the God that we serve. Yeah. Love. Love. <laughs> That's it. That becomes the baseline. And so we're going to be talking for 10 weeks. I mean, we could talk for 10 years about this. Um, we're going to boil it down. Season eight is all about what does it look like to love God? What does it look like to love neighbor? And how do we continually rely on the grace of God to help us to do this well? And so um, I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited about spending these uh, next few weeks talking about this. If you have ideas for season nine and 10, let us know. Info at goodwillchurch.org. That's how you get a hold of us. Or you just track Tracy down as she's walking in the hallway <laughs> and be like, hey, do this. Um but, you know, I, I am very excited about season eight. I'm excited to go deep in this passage. I hope people enjoy doing this with us. Um, next week, we get to the next phrase. Um, today was you shall love. The next is the Lord your God. And we're going to ask the question, who is this Lord our God that we are going to be loving? And we got into a lot of it today. But we're going we're gonna to kind of peer behind the curtain a little bit. Pastor Tim's going to be here to help us with that. And yeah. so it's going to be a great conversation. We will see you next time on another episode of Good Will Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.